I know it's quite obvious, but how do you actually do that? Because easier said than done. Definitely, um, definitely. I think, well, not even I think, I know that being a Christian and maintaining intimacy with God, for me, is what gets me through. That is vital. So the time that I spend with God on a daily basis is absolutely crucial. Hello. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another wonderful episode of the Diaspora Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today, we will be going more, more spiritual, I think. I know this podcast is all about business, entrepreneurship, this, that, but today we were, we were looking at it from a different perspective of not just going hard at it, but from a Christian or a spiritual perspective. So we have an author, a businesswoman, a blogger, a worship leader, She's effective in emotional, mental health, and spiritual intimacy with God. Today we have Gemma Regis. Gemma, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Looking forward to this. Today we want to get your unique perspective, being, being a Christian and a worship leader. How do we, how are you? No, 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 let's not, let's not rush. Let's not rush right now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. How are you coping with the current crisis? I am literally having to take it one day at a time. When we first went into lockdown, I had all these plans of how I was going to make the most of the time that I had. But what I didn't um, anticipate was the mental effect of the numbness of being surrounded by four walls, how it would affect me spiritually and how it would affect me mentally and physically and emotionally. So in order to get through, I've literally had to break it down to one day at a time. Yeah, true, because it's not, just it's kind of reversed because most people, um, most business people I've been speaking to, they came into this lockdown feeling a little bit overwhelmed, not knowing what to do, and they kind of right now trying to, try, try to ride it to their own advantage. But you came in with high expectation, big plans, which is good. And you're taking it one day at a time. How did you start? Well, when did you realize you need to like start taking it one day at a time? Well, um, my background, I up until nine years ago, I suffered with depression for 35 years. And um, being in isolation, it's been a, a journey of daily um, maintaining my mental well-being and managing my, my mental health. And so I've overcome many obstacles in that journey daily. So coming into the lockdown, you know, there's some projects I was working on. And I was, to be honest, I was a bit excited because of the time. Because managing so many things, I just always run out of time. And when I realized that being behind closed doors for me, being in isolation on my own, it was like a alcoholic, a recovering alcoholic being locked in a liquor store. Um, I had to reevaluate my goals. I had to reevaluate my structures that I put in place. And um, just so as not to feel overwhelmed and start beating myself up, and becoming heavy and super discouraged at the fact that I could not 
physically and emotionally do as much as I wanted to do, um, that's when I realized that I had two options. I could start to feel discouraged and stay in a place of procrastination and stagnation, or I could look at everything, reevaluate, and do it little by little, day by day, moment by moment, second by second. And that's what I had to do. So it took me about probably three weeks into lockdown to realize that. Wow. Thank you for, thank you for sharing that. And um, I think you have a very grounded or unique perspective when it comes to what's going on right now. And um, being a Christian, how do you how do you handle what's going on? Because um, the call for God to come and like take this thing away outrightly and um, make things the way it's supposed to the way it used to be. How do you how do you see that right now? Um, first of all, I don't think things are ever going to be the way that they used to be because we've never encountered anything like this on a global level. Usually when there is some form of um, tragic event going on, it's in another country and it's that other country that's dealing with it and the rest of the world is either supporting um, or trying to get resources over in some way. So when, um, for me, um, I think everybody would like to just pray and ask God to take it away. You know, just take it away and let's just get on with, with, with life. But from a Christian perspective, God made the world perfect and then sin entered the world. So in reading the Bible and so forth, we know that there are going to be times, um, time, changing times are going to come. And as we, as a Christian, you know, you believe in end times, you believe in the fact that Christ is going to come again. And the Bible talks about different changes. So for me, I think at first when it was happening and everyone was going crazy in the shops and buying stuff, there was this initial fear that was like, oh my gosh, we're going to go into lockdown. We're going to go into almost famine of the land. We won't be able to buy things. And I didn't go crazy in stocking up, but I did make sure I had, you know, some basic essentials. And then there was all the conspiracy um, theories that was going around and I, I felt that as a Christian, I needed to educate myself or be aware of what was going on. But I quickly found that with all the different theories that they were confusing, um, they left me feeling overwhelmed and quite fearful. So I put a halt and I made a decision that I wasn't going to listen to any conspiracy theories. I was going to literally trust God. It was like, Lord, help me to um, be aware of what is going on from your perspective. Um, but maintain a relationship with you that does not cause me to become overwhelmed and discouraged and fearful. So I'm literally having to trust God that he knows specifically, you know, what he is doing. Pray for the different circumstances, pray for people who are grieving, pray for people who are sick, um, for people who are affected, um, for the vulnerable basically, people who are affected by domestic violence, people who are affected by depression. As a Christian, I make a point of praying for those individuals, pray for our um, our government and also my own mental well-being so that I can function day by day. And I think I have to just make sure that I am right, first and foremost for myself, and then also for the community that I live in and just prepare myself for when we do come out of it for the next change that we're going to be going into. 
great. So I really, I really appreciate that because praying without um, faith without works is death. So I wouldn't stop. I'm, I'm a, I'm a great advocate of working as well as uh, praying. But you know, pray twenty percent, work eighty percent. That is my own um, philosophy when it comes to that. So you, 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 you have some action steps. You, you mentioned. After praying, you need to do some, you, have to, you actually need to take some actions. Yeah. So, yeah. So what, what kind of, you are a businesswoman. So what kind of, what, what type of um, positive actions have you been taking after, um, during this lockdown? Well, um, interestingly, again, we, 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 we keep coming back to the mental um, side of, of things and even people who haven't had issues with their mental health, you know, who maintain a pretty active and very positive mental um, well-being and regime, have talked about the impact that it has on them. So for me, I have my, my four-step process which gets me through um, so that I, my mind is in a clear place so that I can then make the right decisions and um, fulfill the things that I need to do daily. So. Um, the first thing is, you know, obviously I get up at 5am, I spend time in prayer and I cover my mind. I actively um, make sure that I have a routine of things that I, I have to do for that day, do my best to make myself accountable. But um, throughout my day, I have this four-step um, process to ensure that my mind is clear. And that is that if, if I'm starting to feel a little overwhelmed or my peace is disturbed, because as a Christian, I want to live, I'm always asking God to provide, you know, his peace to me throughout the day so that I am well. So if I find that my peace is disturbed in any way, shape or form, the first thing that I do, and I, this is what got me through my, you know, managing depression, is I um, recognize the thought that's attached to my emotion. So sometimes, um, you know, I talked about setting myself a regime and then realizing, oh my gosh, I can't function as I want to. And then that starts to get me discouraged. I'm starting to beat myself up. You know, all negative thoughts start to come to you. You look at the social media, it looks like this person is doing great. That ministry is doing fantastic. That business is doing phenomenal. And you're not, you know, producing. So I would first thing is recognize the thought attached to my emotion. The second thing, um, that I would do is think about what I'm thinking about. Okay, so I'm starting to feel a certain way. What exactly am I thinking about? The next process is to actually challenge that thought. So um, if it is with, you know, the fact of that, Gemma, you haven't um, produced as much today as you wanted to do, I then start to challenge that. Why haven't you done that? You know, is it because you have sat around doing nothing? Is it because you've done stuff, but maybe you set the bar too high? And because of where you are, you have to do it in small steps, maybe go out for a walk, put it down, maybe go and have a cup of tea. So that can be challenging, to almost having a debate with it. And then the fourth step is to apply the truth. So the truth might be, you know what, you actually bit off today too much and you have to, to, to take it slow, you have to take the pace slower. And I do that in everything. I do that on a spiritual level, um, a mental level, emotional level, um, even you know a physical level. Um, level and those are the steps that I've had to apply in order to um, make it throughout the day in whatever it is that I am doing. Wow, that's that's that's, that's an amazing amazing breakdown. See, I we know what um, the second step, which is thinking about what you're actually thinking. Um, 
So how do you do that? Because right now, the flow of negative um, emotions, negative cloud, negative um, stories that are coming from all over the world, wherever you turn to, mostly your WhatsApp. The flow just keeps coming of negative energy. So how do you think about, I know it's quite obvious, but how do you actually do that? Because easier said than done. Definitely, um, definitely. I think, well, not even I think, I know that being a Christian and maintaining intimacy with God for me is what gets me through. That is vital. So the time that I spend with God on a daily basis is absolutely crucial. That keeps me grounded. It helps to set the course um, for my day. And I do that in the morning and I've been doing that for about 20 years now but more so since coming out of the depression, um, it's equipped me with the, the tools that I need to maintain a healthy spiritual life. So we talk about peace. As a Christian, the word of God tells me to be anxious for nothing and in everything by prayer and supplication to make my request known unto God. And then the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard my heart and my mind. So that's the first thing, that peace is what guards my heart my mind. When that peace is disturbed, that gets my attention. That's the first thing that gets my attention. And the mere fact that I'm not, you know, something isn't right, I then stop. Gemma, what are you thinking about? Now, sometimes I can be quick on the ball and, and I can realize that I'm not right within minutes. Sometimes it might take a few hours. Sometimes it might be a day or so because this feeling has subtly just, you know, crept in. But once I'm aware, hang on a minute, hang on a minute, how you're feeling does not line up with the word of, of, of God. The Bible says to be anxious about nothing. It says not to worry. It talks about not being overwhelmed, not being discouraged. So if I am that way, what exactly is causing that? What are you thinking about? And then I actually sit down or stop and I start to process exactly what is going through my mind. Does this take, does this take, um, self-awareness or is something that you can just like um switch on or you need to be you need to start it's a practice how do you um, just like get to this stage whereby you become aware matter. i think it's a mixture of all the first thing is you have to make a decision that you want to be active you have to make a decision that you don't want to stay where you are um so within um my home and i talked about what it was like when i realized the impact of being alone behind closed doors during this process and it was starting to get to me mentally it reminded me my emotions started to remind me of, of my past and um perfect breathing conditions for depression but i had made a decision nine years ago when i walked out of those 35 years that i was not going to go back that i was going to work on my mindset work on my mentality and that's something that i've done on a day-to-day -day basis so Whenever I felt a certain way, I've made a point of, I'm not staying here. I don't want to stay here. So um, it has taken discipline and it's definitely taken having um, a mindset that wants to change, that doesn't want to stay there and that refuses to accept defeat. It's very, very easy um, to accept defeat. And I think for me, that would be one of my biggest challenges. But it's, all, it's all in the mind. Whether you're dealing with something spiritually, it is all in the mind. That is where the battle is. So it's ensuring, checking what's going on in your mind. That is, that is great. 
And you know, you said, um, I didn't catch the last one. Is he applied the truth to apply faith? So what was the last so one? The, so after I have um, think about what I'm thinking about, I then challenge the thought. So after I've thought about it, what is actually causing it? Because, you know, it might be that you're unwell. It might be that you're tired. You know, it might be that you need help to accomplish the thing that you, you, you know, you're trying to accomplish. It might be that actually you cannot do this today. You have to do it to, you know, tomorrow. It's all these different reasons around why. Um, and for me, I can't manage all the things that I want to manage and get through because I'm an outdoors person. So I need to be outdoors. I can function better if I leave my home, go to Costa Coffee, sit down. I could be in front of my laptop all day. But ask me to do that at home, I struggle. So I had to realize, James, you're not going to be able to sit in front of your computer for eight hours as you want to, because you're not outside, you're not in a different environment. So I had to realize that that was me challenging the thought and then applying the truth was applying the, um, the strategy to um, access or to, to get that job done. So I realized why well, I can't go out. So what's the truth? The truth is that this is as much as you can do today. So it's applying the solution to the problem. That is where the truth is. So if I'm fighting something spiritually, it's applying the word of God by faith as a Christian, disciplining myself in faith. If I'm fighting something emotionally, it's applying um, the right thought to that emotional thought that might be going around that is saying, you know what, um, Victor's not speaking to you. And actually, it's not that you're not speaking to me. It's just that you didn't say hello to me and my emotions are telling me that, oh, you don't like me, all these different things. So now I'm applying the truth no, you know, unless Victor says he's not, he's got a problem with me, there is no problem. No matter what the circumstances, it's then applying the truth to that. Because what you're saying now, challenging, challenging the truth, um, challenging um, the thoughts. Yeah. I think it was the second week when we got into this lockdown. So I was still like feeling, yeah, yeah, don't worry, I can like handle this, I can handle this. And I got to this stage whereby I was like, you know what? I so much, I was in front of the TV for like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And by Monday, I was emotionally and mentally paralyzed. I don't want to work, I don't want to do anything, absolutely nothing. So I had to like call, um, my accountability partner and say, you know, I'm not sure if we, I, I want to hold this meeting right now because I'm not in a good space because this is what's going on. Because we're supposed to have the meeting the next day. So mm -hmm. it was about 11, almost 12 o'clock. I just sent out the WhatsApp and said, this is where I am right now. I don't think I can do that. And we jumped on the call at that past midnight. I was like, say, you know, Victor, there's the words uh, um, that you've been saying to yourself and so what you're saying is, from what I understand, is that you make a decision after, after being aware of where you are. You make a decision and you start consciously taking note of what you're thinking about. Yes. Yes. Then if they're not serving your peace or maintaining your peace, you need to start challenging them. Yes, if they're not serving, if they're not serving any purpose, you know, um, you have to start, um, you know, challenging. So, for example, I I know somebody who 
um, in this process had experience of bereavement just before they were due to do a very important interview with somebody. And um, someone, you know, has passed away, you are going to be feeling sad. That is, it, you know, you're going to be feeling devastated, heartbroken, it was a family member. And um, they made it, you know, they, they, without using the process that I use, but, you know, they kind of had a word with themselves, had a word with other people and made a decision um, to whether they should go, you know, had a thought, should I go ahead with this or should I not? So they're, they're actually addressing that thought. And um, they made the decision to go ahead with it based on what they would get out of it based on the importance of this, would they be able to go through the interview without becoming emotional? What did not go through the interview? What was the impact of not having the interview going to happen? What was the impact of having the interview? That was then, you know, addressing, you know, challenging that thought. And then they applied the truth and the truth was, you know what, I'm going to do this because ABCD is going to happen. So they've taught themselves through their own process to come to a decision. And when you, when you're, at that place you can choose to stay where you are but know that if you choose to stay where you are and it's in a negative place then all that's going to happen is you are going to continue to develop and multiply and experience negative emotions which is going to take you in the direction that your thoughts um, are taking you your actions will follow your thoughts true and i really like what you say i really like it because negativity um, the bible says a begets a this attracts this so if you if you want more positivity you need to take more positive actions so i really really like that thank you very very much and your confidence and your you know your <laughs> what you say just like it's blowing me away i really really like it Yes, that is some power right there. That's some power right there. Thank you very much for this. And um, just one more thing. You know, going to the business perspective right now, just yeah. touching it just a little bit. So how have you been able to, like, because right now, um, yeah, we're still coming back to the mindset thing anyways. But because right now, so many businesses are, like facing uncertainty employees are facing uncertainty so how would you as a christian advise someone who is facing mere um who doesn't know if he's going back to his job or who, who's not sure about his business the first thing that you have to do in anything is, is, is you have to pray because you cannot make any decision or do anything when you are um, in a place where mentally you cannot think straight. Now, for me, interestingly, before we came into lockdown, I was at a place that I think a lot of people right now, I was very confused. Um, there were so many things that I managed. I have a cake business. Um, I'm an author working on publishing my second book which i'm self-publishing there was marketing to be done um for, for that because of you know how i want the book to, to develop and how i really want to do well um i have a ministry i run retreats i host away days there's so many things that i do i have a charity 
And um, just before Christmas, I went and got myself a, a job to just help with um, just clearing some debts because, you know, being a business person, having your own business doesn't always mean that you're making all the money that, you know, that you'd like to be making straight away. So I felt that I was doing a lot. I couldn't, there wasn't enough hours in the day. So I, I felt like I think how a lot of people are feeling now. What do I do? What do I continue doing? What do I stop? It was just a confusing time. And I took some time away, took some time out, stopped everything, put everything down. I felt better and just put everything down. And then one by one, take look at the things that I have in my hand and see, okay, how important is this one to you? If you don't do this, what will be the, the benefit of it? What will be the downside of it? As a result of that, it meant that the thing that I'm probably known the most for in the business world, which is my cake business, um, I decided that that had to take a, a little backseat while I look at rebranding it and coming back um, with a different look and providing different products. So I made that decision and the thing that um, my heart really, really, really was passionate about, that was pushed to the forefront. So I think for, and that was is. Um, the stuff on intimacy with God ministry and my book and my blogging. So I think for people in this um, present climate whose their jobs are being affected, or I think some people who even have a job are looking and realizing, I don't know if I want to stand that job. I think I want to do something else. Now is the perfect time to actually look and evaluate, well, what exactly do you want to do? You know, where is your passion? Where is your drive? And then look at how that thing can make you, um, you know, can bring in the income. And if it is something that is not going to bring in the income, but it's something you're passionate about, how you can marry that with what you're doing that does um, bring in an, an income. Whoever you are, wherever you are, even if it's just doing a YouTube um, post once a week, and that's, that's your thing because that's what you're passionate about, make sure that you do it. Because unless you are um, fulfilled in something, that, that your heart your heart is in even if you've got the best paid job in the world you're still not going to be settled and that that's where I was I had a thriving cake business everybody was like oh my gosh your cakes are amazing you know look at these creations that can't be cake but when I was standing in that kitchen making these fantastic cakes my heart was in my blogging my heart was in my writing that's where my, my heart was so I kind of reevaluated prior to coming in this but I do recognize that I have a revenue stream with my business and I've looked at how that can still work for me without me putting all the hours in and, you know, not measuring or balancing that out about with, you know, what I am passionate about, what I do want, want to do. So that's what my advice to, to anybody. Um, what are you passionate about? What are you passionate about? And if, 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 God forbid, if, if something happened to you tomorrow, if tomorrow was your, you know, you, you, the world was coming to an end, what's the one thing that you would regret having not done? What's the one thing that you would do if you weren't being paid for it? What, what, where's your heart? Where, where's your passion at? But like I said, you still have to eat. The Bible says man cannot live by bread alone. We still have to eat. So your passion may have been married with something else. So like I said about, I've gone and got myself, you know, a job. I haven't gone back into the workforce to stay in the workforce, but there's a reason into my work because there's some things that I want to, to do in order to fulfill the dreams and desires that I have. So that is, is what my, my thing would be. Do not come out of this season 
and going into a new season without you know tapping into what it is that you really 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 want to do and um you know making sure that you can get an income out of it or levering the time managing the time between what you want to do that maybe can't bring an income and doing something that can bring in in an income when we go come out of it we need to make sure that we are clear in our mindset of the direction that we want to go into because life isn't going to be how it was before it's going to be a different lifestyle I feel that and that is what we are preaching here at the diaspora entrepreneurs podcast that this too shall pass but when it passes come out stronger yes so what are you working on these days you mentioned you're working on a second book yes 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 i've got my second book a precious stone and um i'm i'm really i really want this book to have the best um kickoff platform that that it can have and it's um basically it's looking at my cultural background um the the reality of the the way in which we were, were brought up the cultural traditions that we were brought up with the work um ethics and the disciplines that for a lot of um people of color um kind of morphed abuse and you know it's left a lot of people feeling very hurt a lot of people um going through depression it's torn families apart you know families not speaking not addressing certain issues so i went back in my life and obviously my past affected my 35 months depression and i looked at my story from a place of love forgiveness and understanding i looked at um myself i learned so much about myself i learned where at times i was not the victim but i was actually the perpetrator um i it took me back into my um cultural history looking at how things have been passed down from generation to generation all the way from slavery and so therefore the issues that i have with my parents actually i'm hating the wrong person i've got an issue with the wrong individual but rather than just tell a story of oh i was abused and this thing happened to me really diving into it and exploring it and um there are some powerful powerful forgiving um groundbreaking moments um in there one in particular where i had to um forgive my grandmother who is no longer alive all these years i've been carrying stuff with the way in which she treated my mum but forgave my mum for the way that my mum treated me and didn't realize well hang on a minute if my mum was treated this way by her mother then my grandmother had to be treated that way by her mother and so therefore i couldn't forgive one without the other um so that book i'm working on you know looking at my um who my target audience is um tapping into all different ways of getting that story out there i'm looking at my ministry god's romantic getaway which is named after my first book getting the message of intimacy with god out there what it means um how i maintain it because i realized that a lot of people look at me like that how do you maintain it and we thought it was just down to time but now we've had time people are still struggling to maintain intimacy with god so i'm working on the different platforms of how i can get that message um out there and interestingly looking at doing a podcast um to get my intimacy with god message out there so i'll be coming to you for some tips on how to do that absolutely anytime just let me know i will be able to like let you know whatever you need just ask and i'll be there yet then um let um my platform is yours so let it be one of the platforms that you used to like um launch your amazing story because that's some 
that's some powerful stuff that you mentioned. Forgiving your grandmom that who is who is no longer with us. It's how do you even do that? Is it like how do you forgive someone who is not around? I tell you, I can't it, tell it, them. it was amazing, and and I, I know we're, we're short on time, but this the impact. When I was writing the book, there were so many wow moments that I would have to stop, and I literally broke down in tears. And the impact of forgiving my grandmother, um, it also made me realize um, you know, how vulnerable she was, how um, depressed she was, because I am the age now, I'm 50, and as a child, we looked at our parents and we thought they should have it all together. But being this age and realizing, hang on a minute, I don't have it all together. So therefore, they wouldn't have had it all together. When my grandmother died within 10 months of my mother dying, I went to the church. I did not go to the, um, to the burial. I didn't know where she was buried. I didn't care where she was buried. I felt justified in saying that, you know, I didn't know where she was buried. As a result of realizing how it must have been for her, not only did I forgive her, after 32, 31 years, this was last year of her being dead, I actually went and found her grave and visited it for the first time on Mother's Day last year. Wow. <laughs> wow. You can, I can laugh over that right now because I have no clue. I have no, um, I've not been through that situation before. That's why I was like shocked. How do you, how do you forgive someone who is no longer around? But... I know that your journey that you're documenting right now will be a blessing to millions of people around the world. So all I can say is bring it on. The world needs to hear that. And the world needs to learn how you can, um, your transformation from 35 years of being depressed to what you are actually exuding so much confidence right now. And looking at you, I was thinking maybe you were like 39, 38, 39. So I wasn't going to 50. was like, nah, never. It's not going to happen. Yeah, so I was like, thinking I was gauging. I was like, 35? Depressed with 35? Wow, wow. So, but, you know. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's living good. It's living uh, your best life. Your diet must be on point. Or that's how you were born. Victor, it's the grace of God. My diet isn't that good, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we'll tap, in, we'll tap into that grace as well to look, to look as good when we get to that stage. Yeah. So if, um, so we have people who will be listening, who are listening to us right now, if they want to like connect with you and experience your, and get in touch with you, how would they, how would they do that? Um, they can do that um, via my social media platforms. I am on Facebook as Gemma Regis. My ministry page is um, grgexperience.com. That's the website, grgexperience.com. Um, my book, God's Romantic Getaway, is available on Amazon or from my website. Um, but literally, if, even if you just Googled Gemma Regis, you would find me. I would come up. My cake business is gemscakewalk.com, J-E-M-Z um, dot com. But the best way to get in touch with me would be via my website, grgexperience.com or um, on social media on, on Facebook. Yeah, so guys, you heard it. And um, 
I know some of us are just looking for ways to like escape the current reality that we are, but you are not escaping anything. You need to follow proper steps that she has gone through the steps, she has broken the step down for you. You need to at least like we understand the negative thoughts that are out there. So you need to be able to like number two, you need to be able to like um think about what you're thinking. Number three, you need to have actually challenge that thought. Then number four, apply the truth. Apply your own truth towards where you are actually going. But if you want to continue this conversation, she has given you ways to like connect with her. I connect with her on LinkedIn, Gemma Regis. So that is simple for me. And um, it's quite straightforward for me. So I would really, really um, ask you guys to like connect with her and learn from our amazing story but we all because we all have got stories and her story is just amazing and the power and the energy the confidence that she uses to like express it it, it is effectuous so Gemma thank you very much for being in this podcast today thank you so much it has been amazing I would like to leave um a scripture verse with everybody and this is something that is applied, you know, it's funny because a lot of people think that you have to be a Christian um, in order for certain things to work, but the Bible is true and the Bible is the living, living word. And a lot of the principles that even counselors use are biblical, you know, thinking on things that are positive and not negative. And Philippians 4 verse 8 says, finally, brothers and sisters, Whatever is true and noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Think about such things. So it doesn't matter who you are or where you are, think on those things and get off of the negative, get off of the worry, get off of, of the, the concern use that four step um, process to challenge your thoughts. And trust me, it worked, it changed your life. I've been doing that, it's my own formula, I created it nine years ago, and it's nine years of living depression free, and yeah, it works. Wow, Philippians 4.8 can literally unlock your mental, because you need to like, get rid of the negative stuff. But whatever is good, whatever is noble, that is what you should be thinking about right now. Dema, thank you for the Bible verse. And I'm grateful to be talking to you today. And it's been a great pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Victor. Thank you. Yeah. So guys, don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, review this episode. Tell us what you think. If you think you have... Um, a better strategy or if you think you if you agree with what Gemma is saying just leave us a review leave us a comment criticize applaud whichever way but the bottom line is Philippians 4 8 always think noble thoughts positive thoughts focus forward that is what she is talking to us about today thank you Gemma again and have a nice day thank you for